Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Well, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And I'm so excited because in 2022, season five, we've been talking with different young women at the start of each month, just listening to their stories, hearing about um, their own faith journeys, and maybe objections or questions or just wonderings that they have about the Christian faith. And I'm so excited for the person that I get to talk with today. Um, We've known each other for a couple of years, but Kasten, I don't even know, like, when did we even start to know each other? How do you and I even, because we've never met in person, but we are like online (laughs) friends, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I think we met, were you part of Delight and B? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Okay, that's how we met. (laughs) Yes. So uh, Delight and B, I've shared previously on this podcast that it was, um, and I don't know, I, I don't know if it's still a thing. Is it still a thing? No. Okay. So Delight and Bee was an organization, a nonprofit for young women, and it was like an online ministry. It was really cool. But then they had um, yearly retreats. Did you ever go to one of the retreats? I was never able to make it. Oh, so I spoke and and got to be a leader at one of the retreats um, a few years ago and got connected with Melanie Castaneda and a bunch of people that way. And then um, was part of the online community in a very vague and noncommittal role in there. Um, and uh, I think that's how you and I met because you would post questions or share different things in that group. Yes. Yeah. And then you got involved with the podcast like from behind the scenes a little bit about a year ago. You helped with some different ideas and I really appreciated mm-hmm. that. And about a year ago, you told me, yeah, I would come on the podcast. But then Timing was not right. It didn't really work out. And so when season five came along, I said, hey, Kasten, uh, would you come on for one episode? And you said, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm just glad to get to know you a little bit better and um, yeah. chat with you. And I love, um, I mean, this might sound wishy wooey, but I love your energy, Kasten, because you're always so... Um, so joy-filled when I talk with you, and uh, it's really beautiful. So would you share a little bit more about who you are and maybe some things that you're doing currently? Yeah, so I'm Kasten. Um, 
I am currently a student. Um, I am studying journalism and advocacy. So I'm very busy. <laughs> um, I work a lot too, and I love my dog. Um, I've been a Christian since 2014. Got saved through um, an accident I was in. Um, well, I attempted suicide and I, God sa- I say God saved my life. Like he literally saved my life. And ever since then, I realized it was God that saved me and I've been desiring to serve him since. So that's kind of the rundown of me. (laughs) Wow. So how old are you? Do you mind me asking? I'm 21. 21. And so how old were you in 2014? I was 13. Wow. So tell me a little bit. I want to hear more about uh, that experience um, where God saved you. But tell me about your growing up between, you know, zero to 13. What was your home life like? Um, Well, I have been very blessed at home. You know, I come from a family where my parents really love me. And I realize that is something that not everyone has. And, you know, I find that something really important on my was really close to my brothers growing up. My grandparents and I were very close. Um, when I was 11, my oldest brother passed away in a car accident. And um, that was obviously very um, family shaking. Um, took us a lot to come back from. And that's partially why what happened when I was 13 happened. Because 11 year old little girl doesn't understand why her brother isn't coming home. Mm-hmm. Um, he was 17 at the time, so it was very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, had a really great childhood, had some really great memories with my brothers. Um, while all three of us were, the, were together, um, grew up playing a lot of coaching, watching a lot of hockey. So, yeah, I loved my childhood. Other than my brother passing away, I think I've had it pretty good, and I'm really blessed by that. Mm-hmm. So are you the youngest then? Yes, I definitely am. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, wow, that would be so hard. Um, How how did you react when that happened? I mean, that's two years between the time that you found out he had passed away to your attempt. Um, Tell me about those two years. Um, Those two years were really hard. You win. It felt like, well, you know, my whole family was grieving. So everyone was trying to figure out how to navigate life in a new way. That obviously wasn't really on the agenda to even occur to happen. That was kind of a big shock, obviously. But it was a very big adjustment. And I was left very vulnerable as a young girl. And that left me to be with a lot of people that weren't very nice to me and people that just didn't really care but pretended to care for their own agenda and you know a lot of that led up to my attempt my brother passing away and people just being done right not cool like not understanding not very empathetic um and in school I was asked questions a lot because we live in a relatively smaller town related to others and you know people would ask me 
oh, did your brother, was it on purpose? Was there alcohol involved? And I wasn't able to handle those types of questions. I was a young girl. I didn't know what happened. I just knew my brother wasn't coming home. And so that was very chaotic two years of just trying to figure out life. And long story short, I really needed God. (laughs) I really needed his rescue. And, you know, I am glad, even though what happened to me was very terrible. Um, My attempt was terrible. I'm glad God showed himself, even though it was a brutal way. I'm glad he swooped in at the last minute. Yeah. So up until then, um, had you had any faith background? Is your family Christian or or is anyone in your family, do they have a strong faith? Um, No. Um, I mean, of course we're Christians, but we don't really go to church or anything like that now. Well, I go to church now by myself, but I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up reading the Bible. I didn't know one verse by heart until then. Um, so I kind of just, it was my aunt who really was like when, well, when I was in the hospital, my aunt kind of was there for my mom because my mom was processing almost losing another child. That is another terrible thing to have to go through. And I see how hard that was for my family. And my aunt kind of swooped in and talked about how God was there and she gave me a Bible and um, I read the book of John and I was like, this Jesus guy is really cool. I want to hang out with him. So that's kind of what sparked it. Just reading the Bible in the hospital where where I was staying. Wow. Um, That's amazing. So (laughs) your, your aunt, is she a Christian then? I'm guessing. Um, Yes. Yeah. So you started reading the Bible. It was like, whoa. Uh, at the at the time, um, I mean, that that's a very traumatic event. Um, at the time when you were in the hospital, did you? How were you feeling when all of that was going on? Do you remember what was going through your head after yes. that? Um, honestly. Being in a hospital is very traumatic. Um, it was the first time I was really ever away from home by myself for an extended amount of time. I was 13 years old, so I had never been alone on my own anywhere without my mom and dad. And Kara was signing papers, signing some stuff, and just I, it was very difficult. Um, I realized it was God's way. Like, I needed God. I needed his way. Um, There was no other way for me to get through this because I was alone, and I realized God is the answer. No matter who you are or where you're at, God will meet you there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, he met you there, and then what? Mm -hmm. Tell me about the last eight years. Um, Wow. It has been beautiful. (laughs) Um, I've had some hardships, but, you know, I go to church at least, try to go as as much as I can. Um, I went to Christian high school. Um, That was really great. I went for a year since I was homeschooled. It was very much a big adjustment to go from homeschooling to a prestigious private school, but I learned so much about God, and it was so 
so difficult, so challenging, yet so sweet. And um, yeah, I, I've been good. I've been clean from any of that stuff. We call it clean from any attempt for eight years. So I'm proud of myself for that. And I'm grateful for God. And um, yeah, it's been really great. I started, I graduated high school, which was a big deal for me. I was, when I was in middle school, I didn't even want to stay in school because I was so depressed, so depressed. So I graduated high school. That was one of the biggest accomplishments ever, even though it's for most people, it's not when you are going through what I went through. Sometimes not everyone graduates. So I was very proud of myself for that. Um, started community college and that was really great. I got really involved in the student government and advocating for students. Then I transferred to a university and now I'm here. <laughs> so it's been really great. You know, there's been some trials. My grandpa passed away and him and I were really close. So give and take, it's been really great. I'm grateful for God. Yeah. So I wanted to clarify a couple little things. Um, yeah. Were you homeschooled your entire life then, except for that one year? No. Um, it's kind of complicated, but I will explain. <laughs> I went public school up until sixth grade when my brother passed away. Then students were just like asking me all these questions like I previously explained. And I was like, Mom, no, thank you. <laughs> I was just like, this is way too much for me to handle. So I'm going to um, ask if I can be homeschooled. So I was homeschooled sixth, seventh, eighth. And then I wanted to go to Christian school. After what happened to me, it was in the summer. Then I went to ninth grade and I wanted to go to Christian school. So that's what I did. And then a year later, it was difficult. Um, so I was homeschooled ninth and 10th. Wow. And 12th. 10, 11, 12, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then something else you mentioned, uh, being clean for eight years. W was there was there the one attempt or were there multiple attempts? Um, there are multiple. Multiple. Um, what, what do you think kept you clean? over those eight years? Because you, you shared about, you know, God is good, um, but your grandfather passed away. It's You've alluded to some ups and downs, which life is full of those things, but sometimes they're bigger downs at times. What mm -hmm. what kept you from, um, yeah. yeah. Um, it's going to sound cheesy and cliche, like the joy of Jesus, like knowing he, no matter what happens, there's a God out there that loves us so unconditionally. And his plan is so much bigger than ours. Like, there's no reason to worry because he has everything under control. And I think that's something that I personally struggled with beforehand. I wanted to know everything was okay. I wanted to have some sort of control of things. But when you let go and realize that, God has this under control and like this isn't our job to have things under control that's not what we are destined to do and when I realized that that really brought me a lot of sincere joy and faith like God's got us if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um well Kasten thank you so much for sharing um your story because I know a lot of people struggle uh, with 
you know, mental health and and trauma and all the things that come from that. And, um, you know, even suicidal ideation. So I really appreciate you being like so vulnerable with your story. I think it's going to be um, something that someone listens to and goes, oh, my gosh, I've been through something similar. Um, but I know that you've had some questions that have arisen, you know, from this joy that you found in the Lord and also living mm-hmm. in the real world. Um, so I know one of the questions that you brought up prior to us hitting record, um, we talked about mental health stigma and the church. Would you share a little bit about what you mean by that um, topic or, or what questions you have related to it? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's not talked about at church. We don't see anything really in the mainstream church, like during on Sundays or something that's like, hey, what does God say about mental illness? What does God say about struggling with depression? No one really talks about that at church, but it's something we all struggle with. It's something we all know, and it's something real. And that's something I've never been able to really understand. Like, this is something we've all struggled with. We all have lives. We all deal with trials, triumphs, but there's mental health in all of that. And the church doesn't really do a good job, in my experience, of educating what God says. How do we cope with this? How do we seek out God in this? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it sounds like God is uniquely positioning you to uh, be an advocate for that. I, I mean, I don't know for sure, but if that's what the advocacy is that you're leaning into, but I can just see mm-hmm. that that is something that you, um, you've walked through the fire and you've spent the last eight years, uh, you know, n- knowing what it's like to have that closeness with Jesus in the midst of some of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're right, you know, and not only are you right, but um, even in the last two years with the pandemic, it feels like mental health issues are becoming bigger and bigger um, so why, and, and I do think, I mean, I have seen some Christian leaders start to address this. You know, I, I can think of one book that I love, um, called Finding Quiet, um, by, now I can't think of who the author is, but I'm going to look it up. Um, and it's a great book where he addresses this very issue. He says, you know, I went to a church and I talked about medication for depression and I never got invited back again, you know, like that kind of thing it's um it's kind of a sad a sad thing sometimes that we don't address this more because like you're saying a lot of people struggle in this area and it's a universal thing uh to have down times you know and for some of us it might be you know more dramatic or more um you know extensive a pain and suffering than others in that regard but like it is a common human experience to have highs and lows and None of us are getting out of here pain-free, you know, uh, when it comes to mental health, I don't think. So, yeah, I can see that. Thank you for bringing that question up. I, I would really like to explore that question on the podcast, so I appreciate you. Is there is there anything else you want to touch on in regards to mental health or things that you've observed or things that you have struggled with in regards to uh, the Christian expression regarding uh, mental health? I guess, like... You know, I'm not a man, but I realize that men struggle with mental health too. 
And that is also something that, at least in the church, like girls can share their pains, but men never share their pains at church. And maybe that's something that I don't know is an unwritten rule, but it shouldn't, men struggle just as much as women. Why are we, why are we playing this game of, oh, only women struggle, men have to be these perfect leaders. Like, no, we're all human. We're all in this little um, race together to heaven, like, not race, but you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. running our race. We're all in this we're all in this journey together. We're all humans and men don't, men are given this thing that they have to be a certain way, but that's not really what should happen. I don't know. That's at least something I feel is problematic. Yeah. There should be more space for vulnerability maybe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that kind of segues into the next thing that I I thought um, you had mentioned wanting to talk about. Um, Why does the church hurt their members? What do you mean by that? Have you experienced um, that personally where it feels like uh, church uh, or church people have hurt you? Yes, um, church people have hurt me. Um, You know, there was a time when I moved to be discipled by somebody and they didn't like where I stood on certain things. So they really hurt me. They almost kicked me out and they pretty much just deserted me as a human and never spoke to me again. I had to move back home and I almost got kicked out of where I was and sent to the street and it was really hard. You know, I, I felt like just because we were having an argument or like a, a debate about where we stood on faith doesn't mean I just get tossed aside. And I see that a lot in the church. Like, that was just one experience, but that has to be a pattern because it seems so normal. Like, people are using pastors to tell bad secret, bad, quote, secrets to, end quote. But it was just so much hurt and so much betrayal in the church, if this makes sense, and so much, even in Christian communities, there's so much betrayal and so many just hurts that are based on disagreements. And why are we like this? Like, this is not how God intended us to be. And I understand, like, this is how some people think we're supposed to be, but this is not what God intended. So I don't understand why it's so normalized. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I I think that's a great question, and it's not God's desire. I mean, if you look, you said you read the Gospel of John, and I'm sure you've read it since, you know, that time when you were 13. But, like, on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus prayed for unity um, with his believers, you know, for his church. And and so much of what you see in Scripture is that they'll know we're Christians by our love for one another, and Mm -hmm. um, so often— you see, I mean, I was just reading an article yesterday about Beth Moore and Russell Moore who have left the Southern Baptist Convention. I'm not trying to rail against Baptists. You know, there's a lot, of, I mean, there's a lot of great people in all different denominations, I think. But, um, you know, they've received a lot of uh, public uh, shaming and pain from 
people in in the Christian community, um, which seems to yeah. me so so divisive and so unnecessary, given uh, if we really believe that we're here to run our race and uh, share the love of God with others. So um, I appreciate yes. that question. I I think that you and I would agree that the church is very important and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's meant to be different than the world. Like we see yes. people out in the world, uh, for lack of a better term, like, you know, hurting each other all the time. That's that's like normal, right? But shouldn't there be something supernatural invading the yeah. church? And by the evidence of it, shouldn't we like love one another and show that love to a world that desperately is hungry for it? Um, yeah. So I... I sense in you, and I let me know if I'm mistaken, but a sadness over that because it just doesn't make sense. You read in scripture about who Jesus is, and you go, man, Jesus was there with the sinners, the prostitutes, and all the people that, you know, obviously had different theological, you know, differences from him, and yet he showed them love and acceptance and met them where they were at and challenged mm-hmm. them, and, and it was beautiful. And then it was you gentle see what this, yet beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And strong, you know, Jesus mm-hmm. with the women, at, the woman at the well, you know, what did he, what did he say? He knew everything about her. He challenged her, but he also, and he told her, go and sin no more, but he, he loved her, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes we're missing the love part. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's sad. Um, and it's so, it's so sad because it's not the way it should be. It's not the way it should be. Um so mm-hmm. I think it's a great question, Kasten. Thank you for asking it. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, final thought, thought that you had, and this is what we discussed before um, before we hit record again. So let me know if you want to change it or please add to it. Um, mm-hmm. You asked, why do Christians talk like they accept Jesus, but then judge harder than Jesus ever did? Um, yeah. Share with me a little bit about that. I think we all have seen something so judgmental during this time in the world, during a pandemic, where we see people judging harder than ever. And I see this within people who are Christians, within church communities, within, I mean, we see, for example, I don't mean, this is going to be a little cautious, but for example, like we see, I'm sure everyone has seen the meme where it says, don't come to this church wearing a mask or something like that. Hmm. Like this is not what, how God intended churches to be in my opinion. Like, no, we aren't supposed to tell people what they should or shouldn't wear on their face. Like this is not Jesus. This is not Jesus. Like, no. And I see it in, on abortion and I see it on the LGBT community. I see when I share something that is to advocate for the LGBT community because they have been fighting for rights for decades upon decades and people will unfollow me or unfriend me. And I'm like, and they're like Christian friends who I know. And I'm like, this is not God. Like this is not where God intended us to be. And it's, people that are respected and people that are active in the church. And I'm just like, this is not love. God is love. And this is not love. And I don't know why. 
Yeah. Well, it's interesting you brought that uh, brought up uh, the abortion LGBTQ thing. I, and I know you said it'd be controversial, um, but uh, it's you've you've posted. Mm-hmm. I know because we're friends on Facebook and on Instagram, but you've posted some things that um, I know people might disagree with, right? Yes. And at one point, um, I think I reached out to you and said, hey, Kasten, do you want to talk about this, right? And mm-hmm. are, are, are like, oh, I disagree with this. I think I was like I pretty think we bold. we talked a little. We did. Well, the, here's the thing. I reached out to you directly and I said, hey, uh because I know you personally. That, that's yeah. the key, right? I know you personally. And I said, hey, do you want to talk about it? So we had like a FaceTime. We scheduled a FaceTime. We talked. Um, and I, I, this is what my hope is. Even though we disagreed, um, yeah. that it was a loving conversation um, where I got to share some of my heart and the reason why maybe I disagreed with like your stance on something um, and you got to like share your passion a little bit and we got to just have that real conversation, Yes, which I think is what love is all about, right? I mean, I, I don't know, like sometimes I think when we immediately see, and this is what's so frustrating about social media, when we see something that somebody posts, we can just ignore it, right? Or we can engage in it to engage in it takes a lot more work but when we constantly see something we don't like it's easy to just be like well I'm you know not going to subject myself to that stuff but if you know somebody in real life like that's extremely hurtful it's extremely hurtful to not engage to not like talk to somebody like to give up a whole relationship because because what we disagree on something I don't know right yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And I feel like in our conversation it was so special because we disagreed, but we still love each other in the end. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people are missing. Like love and disagreement can be the same. There can be two things at once right here. And mm-hmm. I think that's what was so special about our conversation. And and I think about that conversation often because it was such a loving conversation. And I really appreciated how you were so kind to me and I was so kind to you. Mm-hmm. And that was something we're missing as a society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I, so I think, yeah, there is judgment at times <laughs> for sure, but also a lack of, I don't know. I don't know if it just dehumanizing people in some way. I think there's a lack of respect for the other side. That's the best way I can frame it. Yeah. Yeah. I know, um, you know, I've been unfollowed or unfriended by people sometimes. And I, I'll i be honest about this, okay? Up until like maybe a year ago, I don't know, I had this little app on my phone that allowed me to know when people unfollowed me, right? Because that <laughs> makes you feel so good. By the way, do not download I would never one of do these that. Apps. Don't don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. I was I had read about it. I thought, oh, this is really interesting because you know how people will just follow you and you'll be like, oh, they seem kind of cool, and then um, you, you follow them, them back. And then they unfollow. Well, it turns out it's like the, a game. Yeah, right. Like some people will do that, and then they'll just unfollow you a week later, and it's like they. For whatever reason, it makes them look more like an influencer. I mean, this all there's a whole underworld of. That's Instagram. why I don't 
That's why yeah. I don't refollow people back because I'm like, oh, you can just keep me on your follower list or at none. Yeah. So anyway, I got kind of like irritated by this injustice, right? I'm like, this is not right. <laughs> so I, I downloaded this app on my phone um, that would tell me when people would unfollow me. And so often it was people that I didn't know who I'd followed back and then they would just, you know, take their little, you know, oh, and I thought, man, that's just like using, that's using me. I don't like it. You know, that's and it was exhausting. like, it was exhausting. Thank you. It was exhausting. It <laughs> took all this mental energy. But then a few times it was people I knew, people that I have like personal relationship with, right? People that I've done ministry with. Uh, and I was just like, ouch, that hurt. Yeah. And then I would go yeah. to a local place and I would see somebody in person and I would feel so awkward. And at one point, I remember even seeing this guy that I know in person. And uh, we were talking. We were having this great conversation. And I said something about, oh, I made a joke about, you don't follow me on Instagram. And because uh, we were talking about something that I'd seen on his Instagram page or something. I don't know. And he goes, oh, I don't follow a lot of people back. And I just thought, what kind of world are we getting into where we treat people like, Oh, you're a number on my Instagram page, you know, yeah. and uh, instead yeah. of like just treating people like human beings, you know? I know, because we all get irritated. Let's be honest. You know, if you see something you disagree with and I see something I disagree with on somebody's stories, uh, that's I don't really want to keep on engaging with that. Mm -hmm. But if we see somebody as a person, it's yeah. a little different, right? Like, oh, that's Kasten. That's somebody that I actually care about. And yes. uh, why does she believe this? Or why does she feel this strongly about this? Like maybe it'd be worth a conversation. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Anyway, well, let's tackle that question because, I, I mean, we just did a little bit, but uh, let's find somebody else who might have some more insight into that. Um, are Christians more judgy than, than Jesus was? And, and how do we stop that? How do we stop that? Something's got to give. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, these last two questions that you brought up, um, you know, why are we judgy and why do we hurt people? Like, it, as I kind of alluded to earlier, like, they're human. It's our human nature to do both of those things. Mm -hmm. But shouldn't Jesus make a huge difference? And why aren't we seeing more of that? Right? Like, what is it about where we're at right now culturally where the biggest things that we see with Jesus's name plastered to it is judgment a lot of times and pain. Um, yeah. When I think of the 10 commandments and it says, do not take the name of the Lord in vain. And that's what I think of like, let's stop mm -hmm. taking his name in vain. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't mean we can't disagree with each other. It just means how do we love each other well in the midst of some of that, you know? Mm -hmm. I think an important point, an important point is that Christians are supposed to be different. Christians aren't supposed to be like, we're supposed to be different than the rest of the world in a good way. And sometimes I feel like we're not right there right now. Mm -hmm. Like some of us are, but as a general stance to everyone else, we are not there. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I think too, like, 
a big part of it starts with us, like each of us individually examining ourselves and going, mm-hmm. am I really there? You know, have I done the same thing? You know, have I like done exactly what I'm like hurt by other people doing, you know? Um, and if we're honest with ourselves, maybe at times, yes, you know, like if somebody doesn't agree on something I feel super passionate about, I'm like, oh, come on, you're wrong. You know, I don't know. Um, but I agree with you. Like there's a pervasive sense of, oh, man, I just want I, I want other people to be as passionate about the same thing as I am and to to care about how the church looks to the outside world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how does that look to the person who's hurting? Um, Mm -hmm. How does it look to the person who is struggling with mental health issues um, or who is feeling judged? There's something wrong there. Um, So anyway, I really appreciate this conversation, Kasten. You've you've made me think, and these are great questions, and we're going to get some people on here to talk about them. But um, any final thoughts on anything we've... you know, talked about. Um, I'm going to ask you one final question here in a second, but if there's any other question or um, something that you didn't say that you wanted to share, now's the time. I don't have anything else, but I hope this helps somebody. Yeah, so I think it will. Yeah. Um, all right, Kasten, the Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. It's an acronym for real. All things that I truly believe um, in their truest form are found in relationship with Jesus Christ, restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Of those four things that we can find in him, which stands out to you the most in your life right now and why? I love that question. Um, I think authenticity, just because when we're authentic, when we're just people that are good, it can be really powerful. And I think that really stands out to me. And I love that acronym. I love all of them so much, but authenticity can be really powerful. So that's mine. Yeah. Just come to the Lord the way we are. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> he makes us, uh, his goodness is what's poured over us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Kasten, thank you so much for being here, and I just really appreciate you. Thank you for being vulnerable, for sharing your story, and um, until next time. Of course. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus, I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.